0: You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. It's so good uh, to be here. Thank you again for the warm welcome and hospitality you've given to me and Christy. Um, some things haven't changed in the 20 years that we were since we were here. The one of those things is the connection in the gospel. When you're transformed by the gospel, then you are connected to one another. The things that have changed uh, are maybe some of the topics of conversation. This came home to me at our parties and dinner parties we were at last night. Um, Twenty years ago, we were talking about managing our small children and our, our careers. Uh, and then last night, we were talking about... Uh, aging parents and what to do with them, and it really hit home to me when I had an extremely intense, important conversation with two people about hearing aids, (laughs) and none of them might need to get one, so uh, yeah, things have changed. We met Jesus in the field as our good shepherd yesterday. We're going to meet him in the boat today. Luke chapter 5, Peter and Jesus are having a back and forth after Peter has been fishing all night long. There are two responses that Peter gives to Jesus in uh, this episode that I want to focus on. And there's a segue, I think, that's important between the two. So let me give you the scene. Peter's first response to Jesus comes after he'd been fishing all night long and he'd been skunked. No fish. No fish. Uh, He's on shore in the morning washing his fishing nets. Jesus is preaching. The people are um, pressing in on him. He steps onto uh, onto Peter's boat because he needs more room and asks Peter to shove away from the shore so he could see more people and preach to more people. Now, this must have been a little irritating for Peter Um, As a fisherman myself, when you're skunked, you know you're you're just in a very bad mood. After his sermon, Jesus tells Peter, doesn't ask Peter, note that, to quote, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. And I want to just give you a little bit of background, so bear with me on this, about the kind of fishing that people did in Jesus' time. He isn't just asking, you know, Peter to put on a different fly or a different lure or to switch up rods. So much more was involved. He would have been using, Peter would have been using trammel nets. Now, trammel nets were, they they were large. They were heavy. They required at least two men to use. They were so heavy. They were woven um, so that the fish would swim through the the cords of descending size until the fish were finally caught. The fish, the people fished at night, you notice, not during the day, so that the fish couldn't see the nets until they were caught. There's a reason they fished in the dark. Nets had to be thoroughly cleaned, thoroughly mended every morning. Fishing was laborious and painstaking. It required long hours, maximum effort. And when you came up empty, of course, as a fisherman, that meant your pocketbooks were empty, too. You you made nothing that night. You you did nothing to help your living. So when Jesus the carpenter tells Peter the fisherman to put the net into the deep water, Peter would have had to go back to the shore. He'd got to find a partner. He'd, He'd load the nets back onto the boat that he'd just spent Hours, maybe, mending and cleaning. Uh, he must have been exhausted because he'd been working all night. And he knew that there were no fish to catch. So what he should have said, perhaps, or could have said is, Jesus, I'm tired. I, 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 I've been working all night. Or you can't use a trammel net uh, during the day because the fish see the net and they won't swim into it. Or you know how to build a table, preach a sermon, but you don't know a full thing about fishing, so we're not gonna do this right now. But instead, he says this, Master, we have worked all night long, but we've caught nothing. Yet, if you say so, I will let down the nets. That's what he says. Don't know the tone of voice. Might've been sort of like a 13-year-old boy. I don't know, but that's what he says. Peter, though, he says that, but of course he just knew, he knew this was a hopeless venture, absolutely knew it. Now back to you, can't you relate? Isn't there someone or something that you know, just know is hopeless, that you've toiled and toiled and toiled, you just come up empty, you see no solution, no possibility of anything out there, Um, And you know it's hopeless. And yet, what did Peter find out in this passage? He found out this. What he was sure he knew, he didn't know. What he was sure he knew, he didn't know. And why is this? Well, it's because Jesus was in his boat. They caught so many fish, the text says, that the nets were about to break. They caught so many fish that he had to call the sons of Zebedee to get their boat to come pile the fish into. And even then, there were so many fish in both boats that the boats began to sink, both of them. The boats were probably 25 feet long and 7 feet wide, big big workboats. How many thousands of fish, can you picture it, would fit into those two boats? So the first takeaway of this sermon, of this story, is this, in a hopeless situation, what you think you know, you do not know. What you think you're so sure of, you are not sure of, because Jesus is in your boat. And with Jesus in your boat, you just have no clue what's gonna happen. This is true for you personally, in your personal lives. It's also true for this church. I know the Advent is in a time of transition, We love the advent very much. What I know is that Jesus has been in this boat, is in this boat, and will be forever in this boat. So after this absurd haul of fish, um, which by the way, would have had dollar signs ringing and shining in Peter's eyes, um, what does he say? Well, what could he have said? Let's go there first. He could have said something like, wow, Jesus, you should come fishing with us more often. <laughs> he would have been thinking about all this money after one quick morning's work. He could afford a new boat, new nets, new wing on his house. His life would become much easier too. Instead of working all night, he could just take Jesus out for a few hours in the morning, be on an easy street. And that's what I would have done. But instead, the text says this. He fell down at Jesus' feet, saying, Depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. Go away. Go away. Now, as a Jew, Peter would have been taught that no one can come into the presence of God, a holy God, and survive. Some Jewish, you know this, some Jewish sources reported that the high priest entering uh, behind the curtain into the temple of the Holy of Holies to make sacrifices of sin for sins of the people, would have had a rope tied around his leg so that in case he died, coming face to face with the holiness of God and his own sin that his assistant could pull him back out. So when Peter rightly recognizes Jesus' power over the, of the creation, over the creatures of the sea, well, he gets worried. What had happened before so far in Luke, he'd seen Jesus heal his mother-in-law, which he may or may not have been happy about. (laughs) Mine's not here. uh... But he wasn't prepared for this display of power and authority. Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man. Go away. Now, even after, why did he say this? Even after he'd been given everything he'd been working for, all these fish, translation, all this material success, all of, uh, all of the things that they could buy, he says, go away. Well, I think Peter must have known this, that our deepest need it's not the stuff that we think we need that the world tells us we need success or renown or security money and all that it buys our deepest need instead is absolution absolution and forgiveness the forgiveness of our sins Remember that the scripture teaches us that sin isn't just what we do, but it is our DNA gone wrong. Sin is who we are. As we read in Romans, the wages of sin is death. Peter knew his deepest need. Somehow too, Peter knew that the carpenter in his boat was also the Lamb of God who takes away The sin of the world takes away his sin. Maybe that's why he left everything, all those fish, all that career, to help spread the message of absolution. Maybe they even used the money from the Hall of Fish to support the mission. Who knows? But what I do know is this, that what is true then is true for you and for me right now. Our deepest need is absolution, the forgiveness of our sins. Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man. Well, you know what happened, don't you? Jesus didn't do that, did he? He didn't depart from from Peter. In fact, he did the opposite. He overturned all the religious rules of the day. He came to sinners as they are. People, just normal people. He ate with them. He drank with them. He was with them. And in the end... It was Peter who departed from Jesus, wasn't it? He fled when Jesus was arrested in the the Garden of Gethsemane. Three times he denied acquaintance with this man who had given him the biggest haul of fish in his life. And of course, Peter was nowhere near the hill of Calvary, was he? Where Jesus was crucified for your sins and my sins for the sins of the whole world. I've said that when we are sure that we know about our situations in life, we do not know. You do not know. Not with Jesus in the boat. But we can know this, that on the cross of Calvary, He has addressed and met our deepest need. You are absolved, and you are forgiven. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you will join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.